0: Okay, so here's the deal. We all have different ways of dealing with isolation. Some of us are trying to figure out how to cope. Some of us are finding solace in creating. And some of us are just trying to find a center and balance. We may be separated, but we are not alone. Welcome to Little Sips, a brief check-in with former guests on the podcast to see how they are coping and what they are doing while they're stuck in place during the COVID-19 pandemic. Please remember to check in on each other and be kind to yourselves. This time isn't easy for any of us, but maybe together we can find balance. The medicine is hard to swallow, but maybe we can all take little sips to get through it. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Today's guest is Elizabeth from episode one. Let's give her a call and find out what's going on. It's fun. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. How are you doing?
0: Not too bad, yeah, so it sounds like you've been kind of uh working and communicating with people and uh kind of keeping in touch with people uh through this um, through this time uh yeah are, is is that like um you've always been a really good communicator, so I feel like. Is that, is that something that's pretty important to you, is being able to have, like, that verbal conversation with people?
1: I don't know. I, communication is very important to me, definitely. I, um, I don't necessarily pr- privilege verbal communication over other kinds, I guess. Like, I think mm-hmm. writing is a really powerful way to communicate. Um, I've always been a letter writer and, um, you know, interested in... Letters and letter-like communication, you know. Gotcha. I mean, e- email and stuff, and and you know, texting and messaging and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I like, I like to talk. I mean, I I talk on the phone in regular times. You know, my mom and I talk every weekend. Mm. Um, I probably spend forty five minutes or an hour on my on my phone, you know, on the phone with my mom every weekend. And I have friends that I talk to on a regular basis on the phone. So I'm definitely not. I think I'm old enough that talking on the phone doesn't seem like this is a hard thing. (laughs) Um, I definitely do it, um, and it seems normal. Yeah. Uh, And I value that, you know, the back and forth of conversation. But (laughs) letters can be a really wonderful way to communicate as well, Mm. and I've been been doing more mail. I've been mailing things more since we've been in isolation. Okay. Um, I like, I often... I'm someone who, like, if I've got something to get off my chest to somebody, I'm likely to write them a letter. Because sometimes when you're trying to say something that's hard to say or that's tense or something, a letter can be nice because you can be thoughtful about how you express it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you don't have that thing where, like, you had an idea how it was going to go, and then they said something, and that just brought the conversation in a different direction. And now all of a sudden they're having like a meta conversation or a, you know, meta fight or something. It's nice to just be able to get it all kind of Mm. on the chest. So I've always really valued, valued letters for that. I'm also a journaler. So I I journal on a pretty regular basis. So it feels like sometimes my journal is a letter to myself. And so writing a letter to someone else I'm close to comes Uh, very naturally.
0: Yeah. Have you been working on anything like creatively, um, you know, music, poetry, writing, um, visual, a- anything.
1: I have been doing a little bit of um, poetry writing. You know, I, I, I have a very intense job. Right now I'm usually a teacher.
2: Yeah.
1: And this year I'm actually the interim principal of the school where I teach. And so that job does not chill at all when the school goes online in a lot of ways it gets more it's more you know there's a lot of things there's more to do because suddenly you have to figure out how it works online so that's been pretty intense and and yet i'm home Hmm. so there's there's a lot of things about um you know that i i don't have to get up in the morning and put on my fancy clothes you know or figure out Well, do I have a meeting on campus today, and and who is going to be at the meeting, and should I put on a blazer, you know, because it's an important whatever I need to represent or whatever. Um, I don't need to make my lunch and get it ready to take away with me. You know, my commute is not long, but it's gotten a lot shorter. It's like 30 seconds now, so... (laughs) so those things do provide me. I, I feel like I do have more time than usual, even though my job hasn't really gotten any less intense. Hmm. Um, and so I have been trying to take advantage of that and write more poetry, especially in the evenings and on the weekends. Um, I've I've kind of I've been writing little bits. I almost feel like I'm writing little fragments that are going to become poems later on, and that's that's not uncommon, and I think a lot of poets do that. Musicians, too. You know, I think sometimes we write, you know, we have like three little bits, and then they become a song. You know, like, you'll have a bunch of little bits, and then you'll figure out which of those little bits fit together, and then um, they become a song. Yeah. that's So... And so that's what I've been kind of doing with my poetry. And I had, I have a um, former poetry teacher who um, I just had to blow my daughter a kiss because she's obviously, she's huh. coming coming to talk to me. I can't talk to her right now, but I can blow her a kiss. Anyway, um, I had a poetry teacher, Lucy Brock Barreto, who talked about clothesline poems where you kind of have these just... Various little lines floating around and then you just put them all together on the clothesline and, and it becomes poem. Hmm. And I think that's one, it's a cool thing about poetry and I think it's a cool thing about music too. It doesn't have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Hmm. You know, and sometimes yeah. the cor- the chorus of the song doesn't connect in any obvious way to the verses and um, and that's okay. Or it connects for the person who wrote the song, but in a different way for the listener or something, and, and poetry is the same. You know, there can there can be a lot of leaps uh-huh. in a poem, just like in a song. So,
0: all right, wow, I yeah, yeah no, I I I well, I could just, I could just les- listen to you talk, actually. <laughs> I. I good. Oh, enjo- no, anyway, I mean, I, I, I enjoy the way that you uh, string your words together to, you know, close, mm-hmm. I, I mean, close line your words together. How about that? I love it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, thank you. Um, thank you. So, my... Th- but, but
1: I, I oh. haven't, I just, to, to answer the music part, I haven't been writing a lot of music and I haven't been kind of just having poems just flow out of me. I think I've been Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of things, you know, on social media about people who are writing songs or, you know, doing a lot of writing or, you know, being, producing a lot, whether it's bakery or, you know, whatever. Um, It does seem like there's this, this type of situation can lead to, creative productivity, and I think that definitely happens, but I think, I i suspect, I'm also hearing a lot of my friends online, you know, complaining that that's not happening to them, and sometimes kind of wondering what's wrong with them mm. it's not happening to them, and I, I definitely think that people who are experiencing intense levels of quarantine productivity are probably in the minority, Yeah, and I think a, a lot of us, I think, are feeling like we're either in a rut, or we're numb, or like... I've been playing my guitar a lot, but I've been tending toward older songs that bring me comfort. Hmm. You know, and yeah. sometimes that song might be a song I wrote, or sometimes it's a song that somebody else wrote that has is meaningful for me. And it's just, it's kind of like rather than getting out my sewing machine and, and making something, I, I'm taking an old quilt and wrapping it around me. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, you know, we're all dealing with a lot, processing a lot right now, and certainly it's giving giving us a lot to write about, and, you know, we may have more time, and we may turn to our instruments and our creative Mm -hmm. um, way of expressing ourselves in that kind of pent-up energy or whatever. But I think it, it can also be a little difficult to clear the fog.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I want definitely with this series to point out that, you know, it's okay to be completely, to feel detached from your creativity. It's also okay to, um, just cope and just survive Mm -hmm. during this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and i've been finding different people are saying different things on the show and and i've really appreciated the fact that it's that people are open about it and you know sometimes it just does suck to mm-hmm. you just can't you may want to squeeze something mm-hmm. out but you can't i've been finding mm-hmm. that i have i have a lot more time but mm-hmm. i have a lot less energy and yeah. it's so mm-hmm. i don't know it's hard it's like uh, I, I don't have much left in the uh, toothpaste tube, and I'm still, <laughs> I'm just kind right. I have a bigger, I have a bigger toothpaste tube, but no toothpaste in it. And um, <laughs> that, that's yeah, just I like what that I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Um, but yeah. uh, so I'll go on to my next and probably my favorite question, which is, What's the first thing you want to do once the uh, uh, shelter-in-place is lifted or or they have a vaccine or it's, you know, we can, uh, to a certain extent, return to the way things were? All right. I'm really sorry that this signal got kind of mushy, but I really like what Elizabeth said, so I wanted to keep it in because I felt like she said some really important things, but... Uh, sorry about the sound. I kept thinking to myself, the sound's going to get better. The sound's going to get better. The sound's going to get better. And it didn't. So, sorry.
1: Yeah, I really think going and hearing live music is high on my list.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of other things. I want to hang out with my friends. You know, I want to, like, go to my friends' houses and, you know, have dinner at their house and have them over at my house for dinner and, and hug my friends and see my friends and see my family you know my mom was supposed to come visit she lives out in Washington State she was supposed to visit her heartbroken that she can't come and you when know, I want to hug my mom obviously to seeing the people I love in person um is big but I do have I'm lucky to have people I'm you know sheltering in place with who I can hug and who are important to me and who I love and And I do have contact with people um, that I love who I can't be with in person. But I can't experience being in a live show. And I can listen to a lot of music, and I can watch music being performed on a screen and, and with a really good sound system, and that is great. But, you know, when you go to a show, you feel the music in your whole body. Yeah. And you are part of a community that's experiencing that together. And that can be so powerful. And it can be really powerful to be part of a really small community of people. You know, mm-hmm. and you can be at a show that's not particularly well attended. And yet, if you're part of an enth- a small enthusiastic crowd that has a certain kind of cool feeling to it, and if you're part of a large enthusiastic crowd, that can be another... Um, Feeling, And you can also be, you know, part of a large crowd and everybody's talking and you're like, why can't you just be quiet and listen to music (laughs) (laughs) or whatever? But, um, but whatever, I just want to, you know, I want to be in that, in that environment again and and feel the music in my body Yeah, as well as hearing it. I just feel it surrounding me, the, 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 totally unique experience
0: of life that that does come up a lot with with many people that you know just to have live music and i was just thinking that the um like to be able to enjoy music with other people mm-hmm. i think yeah. also is part of it too i mean it, it, i i'm i'm even willing to be like You know, just to be able to sit sit in a room with some some other people and listen to records, you know, to have Mm -hmm, that enjoyment of music, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you plan on doing uh, a live stream of anything uh, anytime soon?
1: I'm not ruling it out. Um, You know, I live with one of my bandmates, and we have talked about doing something, um, and we haven't started working on that yet, but that could happen. Um, i I may also do some things on my own. You know, as part of a school that is now online, we've been trying to create a virtual school community in addition to trying to engage students in learning, you know classroom curricular learning stuff. So um, we've been doing various more community-oriented orin- things to bring us all together. Like a couple weeks ago, we had uh, an event online where people just posted pictures or videos of their pets. So we all mm-hmm. got to know each other's pets, and that was fun. So we're um, next week, we're doing something where we are inviting students and teachers and staff to... Um, post videos of themselves performing songs of comfort. Yo-Yo Ma started um, kind of a hashtag songs of comfort thing, and he's posted a number of performances of, of him, you know, him playing songs that are meaningful to him or that bring him comfort. And, and there's been, you know, many, many, many people posting on Twitter and Facebook um, and other social media platforms. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll do something for that. I'll record myself, and I'll post it there, but I may post it on, on other places as well. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll do something. And we may even do some something live, you know, something Facebook Live or something
0: like that. Sure. That sounds amazing. And now my sad and bummer question is, <laughs> so for you, uh, what's been the worst thing about the shelter-in-place orders.
1: Oh, man. That's a hard question. There's a a couple big ones for me. I mean, one thing that's... One of the worst things is actually one of the best things, too. There's a lot of ways that this is really lovely for me personally, just, like, not having to wake up as early, getting to spend Mm. a lot of time with my kids. I mean, I'm an extrovert, but I really like being home, too, so it's just been nice to have an excuse to just stay home all the time and not even have to think about, like, you know, what am I missing today if I don't go or whatever? Um, But I feel like so many of the ways that I'm lucky right now in having a home that I'm comfortable with and you know, um, sheltering in place Mm. with people I love and get along with in having enough food in, you know, having access to things that help me stay connected to people who I can't see in person, that's just a really sharp... And also being healthy, and everybody in my house is healthy, it's just such a sharp contrast to what a lot of people are experiencing. So when I'm hearing about um, cities whose healthcare systems are being completely overburdened by people who are very sick and dying, people, you know, who who are having to say goodbye to someone very close to them like on an iPad and yeah. not being able to be with their loved ones when they die or hearing about people dying alone like that's all really you know and there's a million things I mean people who are you know who are not in a good home situation who don't right. have uh, a space where they're comfortable and, and feel safe and you know and, and get along with people they live with or you know have peaceful relationships with the people they live with so that's all The contrast can be very um, hard, you know, just to think about that and it. I, I am constantly bouncing back and forth between being grateful for the life I have and, and thinking about all the people who are suffering right now and thinking about the economic implications of all this and how many people are going to be, who are currently being affected and who are, you know, going to be affected in the future. I think that's that's maybe the hardest thing, just to wrap your mind around mm-hmm. all the devastating effects of this. Um, I think, too, as somebody who works at a school, I'm thinking a lot about the kids
2: right. and worrying
1: about the kids. I'm thinking about the seniors, you know, who are missing so many things, and seniors in high school and seniors in college, and just that experience of being a kid and having certain months of your life be so important and and this is the only time that's going to happen and it's just hard. It's hard that they're not going to get to have all those things that they were expecting to be able to have or at least not have them in the same way and just being a kid in general and, you know, struggling. If you're struggling with anxiety or depression, this makes that so much harder or if you're feeling like you need more space from your family, you know, that's not going to happen right now or if you don't have adequate privacy at home or whatever it's just i worry about the kids a lot
0: yeah uh well (laughs) yeah but no uh, yeah well one of the things that i'm trying and maybe maybe i'm just going to be repeating this ad nauseum but I, i um like i've been finding a lot of comfort in the idea that um that that it's important that I focus on trying to do little things rather than yeah. thinking so huge that mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. do anything. Um, yeah. I have a tendency to get overwhelmed. I don't know if you know me or anything, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I can get... I can get overwhelmed by the bigger picture sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I can just focus on like little details then I feel like I can feel back into mm-hmm. center. And so mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and, and so it, to me, it's just like in much as it is to be able to create, sometimes it's, it's also just enough to get by and survive. So, um, mm-hmm. I hope anybody that's hearing this is just, um, you know, you do matter and, and we, we miss you and, um, we hope to see you, your smiling face, whomever you are. I just, you know, it, anyway, I just... Um,
1: yeah, I, I think that, well, we all have to do whatever we can do to get through. And I hope everybody's figuring out what they can and need to do to get through. Um, but I am feeling very hopeful, even though there's a lot of devastation in the news. Um, I mean... Hmm. A friend of mine, from um, a musician friend from Chicago, um, told me about the Good News Network, which I didn't know about Mm -hmm. until the last few weeks. And this has actually been around for like 23 years. It's been around since before Um, 9-11. And they just aggregate good news stories. And so it's been nice... I've been trying to visit that site as well as regular news. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's good news in the regular news, too. There's a lot of people being selfless and heroic and thankful and behaving with tremendous humanity and humility and grace. Um, And even when I walk around my neighborhood, I, I see that. I see that in the, you know, chalk drawings people are putting out on their sidewalk mm. or, you know, in my neighborhood I've seen more than one house with like signs in the window like thank you healthcare workers, thank you postal workers, you know, thank you scientists for the work you're doing right now. I think there's a lot of people who really are trying to appreciate and support in whatever way they can. Mm. Um you know, I, I'm really moved by the shows of support for healthcare workers all over the world. Um, people coming out on their balconies and um, cheering for for the healthcare workers as their shifts are, you know, ending and beginning, or people who are yeah. have a certain time every night when they go out and they applaud and make noise for them. And that doesn't it doesn't change the fact that there's way too many healthcare workers working with inadequate protection, working too long, and you know, but it but it feels like there's a lot of people who are caring and reaching out and trying to do things and find ways to support people who are, you know, who have needs that aren't being met and that need to be met better. It also it also feels like a time when I'm I'm hopeful that maybe we can learn some things from this. We hmm. there's a lot of things that don't work for most people. Right. In a way. American society is and has been structured. And that's true in, you know, all over the world as well. Um, And I hope we can start to measure the quote-unquote economy in a different way that's more human-centered. Right. Um, And not just benefiting a small percentage of people. Um, And I hope we can reconsider like what, why growth is always po- a po- a positive word.
2: Right. You know,
1: because growth, infinite growth is not sustainable. And we have to figure out ways to define success as a society based on what's working for everybody, not just a few people who have a louder voice.
0: Right. Right. Or more money. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and in this day and age, more money equals a louder voice in so many situations, right. especially in the United States. I mean, Citizens United yeah. has, has, you know, made that part of, um, part of our law.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well,
1: <laughs> but I, I'm hopeful that maybe, you know, I'm hoping, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and some things are going to change. And I I feel like it's up to all of us to make that change more positive than negative, And we have to, we have to get out there and work. And like you said, none of us can do it all alone. We, we all have to do our own little part and do what we can.
0: Yeah. Well, gosh, that actually, that is a perfect place to, to, uh, I don't want this to end cause I, I love talking with you and, and hearing <laughs> Well, your I thoughts. love
1: talking with you too, Sven. Thanks so much for reaching out. This is a great idea.
0: Well, thank you for being on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Elizabeth was kind enough to share two of her poems that she had written. Without further ado, here are two poems by Elizabeth Majuris.
3: This is Elizabeth Majuris with two new poems. To be... uh, To be is to be torn, to be is to wait, to be is to truck with joy, to be is to choke on chaff, to be is to (inaudible) veg, to be is to love an egg, to be is to breathe, to be is to care too (inaudible) much, to be is to cringe, to be is to think, to be is to buy, to (inaudibleória) be is to drink ( lifespan) and ( geliyor) dine, to be is to have to decide. To be is to do, to do, to do. To be is all. To be is to try. To be is to be born and then some. To be is to fall. To be is not small. To be is to want to be more. To be is to die. To be is a coin tossed. To be is a broom. To be is to talk small. To be is to think dark. To be is to hope. my husband begins to remind me of my dead relatives. Here we are in the house where we belong, where we always actually want to be, even when there are other places we could be, should be, said we would be. The commute down to 45 seconds, we spoon through snooze bars like summer teachers in love. In our 20th spring together, We cling close as ever and closer because we hear story after story of someone losing their longtime love, only 50, only 42, only 37, so young at every age. But here on day 30 something of blessed ass sheltering at home, my dead loved ones start to creep in through my husband's face, through his talk, through his movements about the house my grandmother's brooding kitchen martyrdom, my father's take all hostages talking, steady stream of insistent syllables, my grandfather's mutter whistle, a sibilant private instrument he plays as he putters around the place. This is all new. I wonder why they climbed through him to shake me by the shoulder now. Is it who I am so sewn to, I can't even see the thread? Or is it me sliding back into childhood, settled in a nest of a size and shape so out of my control that all I can do is breathe and wait? I don't know. All the boundaries are blurring now, and life and death and gladness and grief and us and them all bleed together. Nothing is settled but everything feels familiar. Thank you for listening to Little Sips. This is Elizabeth from Episode 1 reminding you, great CU music is on the Internet. Stay right where you are.